When things get chaotic, our natural tendency is to forego our self-care, which only leads to more chaos. If you truly want to stay grounded these days, you must make self-care a non-negotiable. In this episode, you'll learn why not prioritizing self-care makes you more susceptible to illness, why it's easy to let self-care slide during times of chaos, and how not to let that happen. What actually happens when your body is in a sympathetic state? The difference between real self-care and automated self-care. And five keys to a potent self-care practice. Now, just as a reminder, my new book, Potent Leadership, is available on Amazon everywhere. Grab the book at potentleadership.com or just head to your Amazon app and grab the book today. If you have a copy of the book, please, please, please make sure you drop a rating and review on Amazon. And whether you are a loyal listener or brand new to the podcast, please take a moment to download a few episodes right now and drop a rating and review on iTunes. Your ratings and reviews and downloads will help get this podcast out to more leaders around the world. Now it is time to discuss self-care in a chaotic world. Beyond the Narrative Underneath the veil of illusion and deep within your center, therein lies potent truth. Welcome to Potent Truth, where today's leaders, change makers, and light carriers come together to question the narrative, arrive at potent truth, and lead with sovereignty. What is potency? It's who you are beneath the masks, facades, and protective gear. It's the medicine humanity yearns for, cries out for, prays for, and needs. Your potency is what sets you apart, magnetizes your following, and creates movements. Join me, Ruby Fremont, for weekly guidance, channeled messages, and potent conversations that will take you on a journey of self-discovery. I am here to guide you to a place of unraveling the programming that's been keeping us stuck for generations, unlocking potent truth and expressing it through sovereign leadership. It's time for change. It's time for potent truth. Hey leaders and welcome to another episode of potent truth. So I think it's fair to say that our world continues to feel more and more chaotic, that things aren't really getting better. I've been saying this for over a year now, you know, shit is going to continue to unravel as the threads of our society are unraveling. And with that comes this, this feeling of chaos because the world, as we know it, the world as we knew it is far, far different than the world that we're living in today. And it seems like every single day, something shifts, something changes, which creates more confusion, more fear, more chaos. And what's interesting to notice is how during times of chaos, our natural tendency is to forego self-care, 
our natural tendency is to stop taking care of our needs. You know, when you're not feeling well, it becomes harder to think clearly. It becomes harder to do what you know is best for you. When you're tired, why do you crave all the bad foods? You know, think about it. We using that as an example, when we're tired, why do we crave all the bad foods? It's because you're not feeling well and your body just starts to, your hormones are out of whack and starts to crave all sorts of weird things. And it's easier to give into those cravings than it is to make a conscious decision to eat better. This is the same thing with self-care during times of chaos. When there's chaos happening in our world, when there's chaos all around you, it's harder for you to want to do what you know is best for you to take care of yourself because what's easier is to allow yourself to get caught up in the chaos. So our natural tendency is to forgo self-care during times of chaos because we allow ourselves to get caught up in the chaos. Chaos breeds chaos. And currently we are living in a world that feels super chaotic. And when your external world is chaotic, what this does is it triggers your sympathetic nervous system, which means you go into fight, flight, or freeze response. Your heart rate accelerates, your breath speeds up, you sweat more, your bronchial passages widen, you experience decreased motility of your large intestine, meaning you don't digest as well. You get stomach aches. You're, if you have IBS, your IBS symptoms flare up. Your blood vessels constrict. Your eyes dilate. Your blood pressure increases. This is all what happens when you are in fight, flight, or freeze or a sympathetic nervous response. What also happens is fear starts to creep in during this time because when your body starts to get into this fight, flight, or freeze response, it makes it easier for the feeling of fear to creep in. And when fear creeps in, it makes it really difficult to think clearly or rationally about anything. It makes it difficult to use your discernment. You start to create chaos from within, which has such a negative impact on your mental, emotional, and physical well-being, which all has a deep connection with, which also has a deep connection to your immunity because all of this lowers your immune system response, right? This is what we are seeing on a collective scale. Millions of people operating from a state of internal chaos, making themselves more susceptible to illness. They're running on autopilot and are taking no responsibility for their own well-being. They're operating from a state of fear and they're allowing fear to dictate their decisions and their actions or their lack of decisions and their lack of actions. They aren't able to think clearly or rationally or use their discernment in any situation. And when you're in this fear mentality in this flight, fight, flight, or, or freeze state, all you want to do is you want to cling on to something that makes you feel safe. So it's so much easier. You become so much more susceptible to following orders, to complying, to obeying. 
because now there's someone who's telling you they have the answer and that, that helps you, that, that makes you believe that your nervous system is going to have a really healthy response to it. You're like, all you want to do is protect yourself. All you want to do is keep yourself safe. And if you're feeling this reactive state, of course, you're going to want to gravitate towards the people who are like, wait, I can fix this for you. Now I want to make this super, super clear. No one is immune to this type of a reaction. Our physical bodies are designed with a parasympathetic and a sympathetic nervous system for a reason. Both of these symptoms, both of these systems, when they're working together, um, really support us in maintaining homeostasis in our body. Now we drop ourselves into a chaotic state by running on autopilot. When you're in fight, flight, or freeze, what you have to realize is that you have an option. It may not feel clear in that moment because all of a sudden you're in this anxious state, but you have an option. And the option is you can either react from that state, which is what most people do because that's running on autopilot, or you can respond to it. So when you feel your breath quickening, when you feel your heart rate accelerating, when you feel your palms getting sweaty, let that serve as a reminder that you have a choice right now. You have, you have it in you. You have the power to slow down your breath. You have the power to slow down your heart rate. You have the power to lower your blood pressure in that moment. You have that power. And this is where self-care step, steps in. So as I mentioned, self-care is usually the first thing to go, especially when you're not feeling well mentally, emotionally, spiritually, or physically. Um, and especially during times of chaos, when we have a lot of chaos happening in our external world, it's the first thing to go, but it's what you need to get yourself back into that parasympathetic state, which is a rest and digest state. This is the state of, of being calm and present so that your body and all of its systems can do what it's supposed to do in a calm state. Self-care really must be a non-negotiable in your life. And, you know, I know this firsthand and I know a lot of people talk about self-care being a non-negotiable, but let me just paint you a picture um, by sharing a bit of how I have maintained self-care as a non-negotiable in my life. Now, self-care wasn't always non-negotiable in my life. Not at all. You know, I grew up in a household where uh, neither of my parents really took care of themselves. They were too busy taking care of other things. My dad was too busy taking care of his business so that he can take care of us as a family. And my mom was really busy taking care of all of us, always foregoing her self-care. So I was never raised like many people in our generation. I was never raised with an idea of what self-care was. And in my early twenties, as I started to become an entrepreneur, I noticed that I was always hitting these walls. You know, I'd make huge, huge strides. I I've been super blessed in, in my hard work ethic, and I've always been able to create mass success for myself. And at the same time, I started to yo-yo, you know, and I would create a lot of success and then hit a wall and end up with something like adrenal fatigue or just fatigue or exhaustion or depression or anxiety, and then yo-yo back into a, a good state and create success again. And it was 
very confronting for me to look back at, at this pattern in my life and realize that every time that I started to move in the direction of the body shutting down or my, my mental well-being shut, shutting down, my emotional well-being shutting down, it was when I started to fall off track with my own needs. When I started to eat unhealthy, for example, you know, oh, it's just, let me just eat some quick meals or some junk food because I don't have time. You know, I'm so busy creating a successful business. I don't have time to, to cook a really good nourishing meal. Well, that's a, a quick path to feeling like shit, right? When you eat like shit, you feel like shit. And when you feel like shit, you don't want to go to the gym. You don't want to go to yoga class. You don't want to focus on your breathing. You don't want to create stillness in your life. Hell, sometimes you don't even want to create when you're feeling like shit. So I started noticing this pattern and realized, you know, like I have the power to set the tone for my life. And, you know, I've read like uh, Miracle Morning and Robin Sharma's, I've heard Robin Sharma talk about his mornings. And I've listened to a lot of successful people talk about how they set their days. And um, especially in the personal development space, a lot of people talk about the importance of setting your day up. But what I don't like, what I don't fucking like is when people tell me what to do, because quite frankly, meditation doesn't always work for me. If I'm in a really high anxious state, for me to just drop into a meditation, that shit doesn't work. My, my adrenaline is running. My, my, my blood pressure is high. Like everything is, is working on overdrive and you want me to drop into a meditation. It just doesn't work that way. So I started to cultivate this, uh, a foundation for my rituals because I wanted the freedom to do what was best for me each and every single day, because some days I was in need of more self-care than others. Some days I was in need of more physical self-care, more emotional self-care. And I just wanted the ability to flow. I also noticed that if I had a standard like health self-care ritual, I would start operating it from a place of autopilot. Like it became something I would just check off of my to-do list. And that didn't feel good either. It almost defeated the purpose of what it was meant to do. So not being a fan of preaching canned rituals, not being a fan of following canned rituals, I created a foundation for my rituals and I have stuck to this foundation for you know, a few years now consistently my self-care is truly a non-negotiable in my life because I understand, I understand, I've experienced firsthand just how much better of a human being I am when I am devoted to myself and my rituals, when I'm devoted to my well-being. And it's like, most people don't know that they feel like shit until they start to feel better. And maybe you've experienced this before. Like most people don't know they feel like shit until they start to feel better. And once you start to feel better, you're like, holy shit, I really felt like shit those days. And when you start to feel better, the days where you feel shitty become more noticeable. So 
a consistent self-care practice is what's going to help ground you into your day, anchor you into your day, especially now, especially now, not only for your health and well-being, like I said, the chaotic inner state is going to lower your immune system and your immune response, but it's going to help you be a better leader. Because right now we have far too many leaders operating from a reactive state, disguising themselves as leaders when really all they're doing is yelling and shaming and blaming online. And it's not leading us in the direction that we really truly want to go in. So devote yourself to your well being. And I want to offer you a foundation for your rituals. Again, I'm not going to give you canned rituals. This isn't like a okay, you have to do a 10 minute meditation and then like a 10 minute breath work. No, this isn't that I'm going to offer you a foundation upon which you can build your own customized rituals that feel good for you. So the five keys to a potent self-care practice, this is what I'm calling it. Five keys to a potent self-care practice, especially in a chaotic world. Those five keys are movement, breath, stillness, connection, and creation. So that's movement, breath, stillness, connection, and creation. And I'm going to go into each of these five items right now. So key number one, movement. Movement helps to physically shift energy by releasing endorphins, which are the feel-good hormones. It also helps move stagnant energy from your body. So not only is it actually supporting you on a physical chemical level, but on an energetic spiritual level, because you're moving the stagnant energy out of your body. Now, how you move is up to you, whether it's running, walking, working out, yoga, swimming, whatever it is, just know that the more strenuous the activity, the more endorphins you'll release. So a slow leisurely walk around the block won't cut it. And neither will a five minute stretching period. Like if if some people say, Oh, I stretched, that was my movement. It's like, but that doesn't actually give you what you need. You need to partake in some level of strenuous activity and strenuous on your terms, not mine on yours. The second key is breath. Now breath is so, so important when you're in a sympathetic state, your breathing speeds up, which continues to feed your anxious energy and reactivity. So take time to intentionally slow down your breath. Now, whether you choose to embark on a breathwork journey or just take 10 to 20 deep intentional breaths, evening out your inhales and your exhales, It doesn't, you don't have to do what I'm saying. You don't have to do a long breath work journey in a certain style of breath work. You don't have to do Wim Hof. If you don't know Wim Hof, you don't have to do any of it. You don't have to sign up for a breath work course to learn how to do this. All it takes is 10 to 20 deep intentional breaths, evening out your inhales, evening out your exhales. So counting in for five and out for five or in for 10 and out for 10 and doing that 10 to 20 times over that in itself will help you calm your breath. And by calming your breath, you start to calm your system. Now, once you've moved and breathed, and yes, I like to do it in this order because 
often if, if you're waking up in a chaotic world, you're waking up with some chaotic energy. And the quickest way I find to get that chaotic energy out isn't through meditation or breath work. It's actually through movement. It's removing your body. So once you've moved and breathed, you'll have created the space within yourself to sit in stillness. So this is where the stillness comes in. Now, this doesn't have to look like an hour long meditation. Okay. I don't even, I don't to this day do hour long meditations, maybe in a journey, but that's, that's it. It could simply be offering yourself five minutes to sit down and drink your tea or your coffee in silence or five minutes to ground your feet in the grass outside, or, or just five minutes sitting outside, breathing in the fresh air. Stillness offers you a moment to just be present. And this is something that we don't do enough these days because we're constantly worrying about the past or the future. Being present is such a gift. It anchors you into the here and now. Now, after you've moved, breathed, and sat in stillness, it's time for connection. And what I mean by connection is connection to self or to God, creator, spirit, source, whatever you want to call it, to a higher power. And you can do this in, in different ways. You can do this through prayer, through affirmations, through journaling, or just by placing your hands over your heart and saying, thank you. It doesn't have to be complicated. This is just about creating connection to yourself or to a higher source. Finally, we have creation. Now, this wasn't always in my, my foundations for self-care. This actually came in when I started writing my book and I, and I found such great value in it. Um, so after you've moved, you've breathed, you've created stillness, you've connected, you've, by now you've successfully shifted from a sympathetic state to a parasympathetic state which means you're feeling calm and at ease, which really is the perfect state for creativity to flow. Creativity doesn't like to flow in restriction. Creativity needs space to breathe, space to flow. So let this time of your day be your time of creation. So if you like to write, write. If you like to sing, sing. If you like to dance, dance. If you like to paint, paint. Just whatever it is that you love to do, to channel your creative energy, give yourself the space to do that at this time and, and honor however your creativity wants to emerge. There's so much joy that comes from, from really honoring your creativity and giving yourself that space to flow in it. So those are the five keys to a potent self-care practice. Again, movement, breath, stillness, connection, creation. However you want to move, breathe, create stillness, connect or create, that's up to you. But I personally find that these are some really potent keys for a self-care practice, especially in a chaotic world. A few other tips I want to offer you, and this is something I do. This is like my number one tip, block off time in your schedule each day for self-care. Like for me, every day, seven days a week, I have a time block. And it's, I call it me time. And I literally block it off in my calendar every day so that clients can't schedule that time and people can't schedule a podcast. Nothing can be scheduled during that time 
on my calendar because I have it blocked off and it serves as a reminder for me to take that time for myself. The other tip is be willing to shift your self-care rituals to honor your needs each day. Like don't feel like you have to stick to a, a, a certain ritual, a certain practice to give yourself what you need. You get to choose what's best for you each and every single day. So have the freedom, give yourself the freedom to shift your movement each day or shift your breath each day or shift your, the way in which you create each day. That's up to you. And then the final tip, and this is really important. I get it. Like there are going to be days when you are truly pressed for time. I get it. This happens to me. And when you are pressed for time, instead of foregoing self-care altogether, just shorten it. So if you normally spend like two hours or an hour on self-care, shorten it to like 30 minutes, right? Don't forego it though. Keep that, that ritual going, continue to honor your needs. In a chaotic world, self-care is, is really crucial. And like I said, at the beginning, like we're only going to continue to see more chaos in our world and experience chaos in our external world, which is why it's so important for you to refuse to let your self-care slide. This is a time for you to become undeniably devoted to your well-being and make self-care a non-negotiable in your life. Take responsibility for your well-being and stay devoted to your self-care. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Potent Truth, where I am taking you on a journey to challenge illusion and lead with sovereignty. If you dig this episode, please be sure to share it with a friend and help me get this podcast out to more leaders around the world. How? All you got to do is download a few episodes and then drop a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you have yet to grab your copy of my book, Potent Leadership, head to potentleadership.com and grab your copy today. It's available on Amazon in all countries. And if you've already gotten the book, please do me a favor and leave a review and rating on Amazon. Thank you so much for your support with the book. Uh, if you have photos of the book, please share them and tag me at I am Ruby and use the hashtag, hashtag potent leadership for a chance to get featured. And of course, connect with me on social media at I am Ruby. Finally, make sure you check back on Monday for a brand new episode of Potent Truth. Aho leaders.